0: hi guys welcome to sometimes in shambles i'm melissa the host this is my podcast um i am here today with one of my best friends shannon we are doing a series of episodes just about our journey i guess i hate using the word (laughs) journey Journey. it's kind of weird (laughs) journey (laughs) um about our experiences growing up in the Mormon church and our experiences leaving the church and just all of our thoughts on it and pretty much from growing up to now. And so this episode is going to be about our stories leaving the church. We're just going headfirst into this. Um. Yeah, so buckle up.
1: (laughs) Well hi, I am super excited to be here. Um, Thanks for having me on Melissa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And just before we get started, I just want to say in these episodes we're going to be talking about a lot of things that um, have maybe been a little bit painful for us or um, just some experiences that we've had that are kind of just like our experiences and our truths and we just want to make sure that that's clear. Like we're talking about things that have happened to us and that are unique to us. And we know that these aren't necessarily the same for everyone, including people who maybe have even been on similar journeys. Um, Everyone is super different. And we also have plenty of friends and close family who are definitely still members of the LDS church and have found like lasting happiness there. And we totally respect that. And, love those people so we just hope that even if you don't agree with our opinions that we share that you'll at least know that they were and still are very real and at times painful but at times also good for both of us so just want to say that before we get started
0: (laughs) yeah and both of our stories are pretty recent and
1: and pretty different
0: yeah yeah they're, um, yeah, they're different too. So before we start, well, I'm just going to explain the two terms I will probably use the most, which are Mormon and LDS. So I don't know if we should like give a background of the, the church. Yeah, <laughs> like, maybe. Um... I don't know. So LDS stands for Latter-day Saint. So the official name of the church is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And then there was this nickname created a long time ago, um, Mormon. And so most members just go by being called Mormons. Although I think now they They don't. They changed it. (laughs) Um, So those are the two terms. So Latter-day Saint, the short of that is just LDS. LDS. So we'll probably be using those
1: terms interchangeab- interchangeably, interchangeably. Yeah, and there is a lot of church lingo that we'll probably be using as well, but we'll try to explain that as we go um, instead of explaining it all up front. Yep. And yeah, OK. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? You can start. OK. So we're going to take turns telling each of our stories. Um, We hope that this will kind of be a conversation, but we'll have Melissa start with hers.
0: (laughs) Yay. Um, So just like a little bit background, I was born into the church. My mom's side of the family is very Mormon and my dad is actually not a member of the church and so we were my family was actually inactive until I was like nine years old and usually kids in the church that have been born into the church get baptized at age eight and being baptized is kind of like you're officially a member of the church and so I got baptized when I was nine and then I actually got baptized with my older sister when she was 12 and so I like really up until I was nine, I don't really remember a lot about church. Like we, I just remember sometimes my mom would wake us up to go to church and sometimes she wouldn't. And so I don't have a lot of like memories from that. Most of my memories are like, um, like high school age of growing up. Yeah, then I moved to Utah, but I'll talk about kind of like the differences and more about growing up in the church in other episodes that we do. But like I said earlier, we're just gonna talk about um, our experience in leading the church. Okay, so it started around um, 2015, maybe even like the end part of 2014. But basically I at this point, I was only really going to institute. And Institute is kind of like s- church school. <laughs> yeah. So it's separate from church and you go on the weekday and you don't like get dressed up or anything like you do for church. You kind of just, it's like a class.
1: And it's for adults. Like yeah. it's for after you graduate high school and before you get married, basically. I guess you can go when you're married. Yeah. So it's just for adults, <laughs> yeah.
0: Because <laughs> in high school they they have seminary, which is like the st- kid version. Yeah. I don't know the student for. I don't know. So I was pretty much only going to that and not even really going to church because I felt like institute was. Um, I was like learning a lot more and I was less. Judged. I don't know. I just felt more safe at Institute and like I was getting a lot more out of it. So I was really into it. Like I never missed a class. So this particular day, I got asked to give the devotional the next day. And a devotional, there's like so many terms we have to explain. <laughs> so a devotional can mean different things in the church, but for Institute in particular, you basically just prepare for the lesson and then give a little like summary or something that like stood out to you while you were preparing for the class. And so I was asked to do that. So the night before I was like reading the assigned reading and I just like all of a sudden got this prompt that I should go on a mission. And a mission <laughs> is, I don't even know how to explain a mission. It's, you're basically just going out and recruiting for the church and you're just on, um, for boys it's two years and for girls it's a year and a half. And you go out and just teach the gospel to other people. So I got a prompt that I should go on a mission and it was just like very strong. And I just like started crying. And I had already kind of thought about it. Wait
1: before you keep going, can you explain what a prompt is? Oh my or gosh. A prompting <laughs>
0: ah! <laughs> That's so true. Freak. Okay. So prompt <laughs> is pretty much just a strong feeling that you get, but it's more spiritual, so it's usually... uh. So, like,
1: in the church, we're taught that, like, the Holy Ghost or, like, the Holy Spirit, as most people know it by, um, would send you, like, promptings to do certain things or, like, warn you of certain things or whatever, like, if you're really paying attention. It's, like, the still small voice. I think a lot of religions have that idea. But, yeah, so it's called...
0: A prompting yeah, or, or a prompt or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just got this like really strong feeling and like started crying and it was just like very overwhelming. And I like wrote it down a little post-it and was like, I can't think about this right now because I only had one year left of school and I was getting a degree in math, and you can't really like take a break from that. And I just like didn't want to think about it. So the next day I went to institute and did my devotional. And that whole class period, it was like the only the only class that I had actually prepared for, done the readings before, and just was super invested in this particular lesson. Um, then at the end, President Rao, let me explain. <laughs> so he is the institute president, so he was over that specific institute building
1: yeah building yeah whatever (laughs) he was over
0: that specific institute for um cedar where i was at and so he's a president so i'm going to call him president rao maybe i shouldn't use names (laughs) too late (laughs) he's not listening to this probably (laughs) um so yeah he at the end of the lesson he was like who in here by show of hands has felt the Holy Ghost or the Spirit in the room and everybody raised their hands and I was like I did not like feel anything like I didn't feel any special feeling and I so I like brought it up to him at the end of class I like pulled him aside and i was just like i i don't understand why some people feel it and some people don't where i was when i was like obviously prepared for the lesson and was like in the right headspace for it and didn't feel it and so i was also with my friend courtney and we both just had like a lot of doubts at that time and we were just asking him all these questions and then he was like how about you guys start meeting with me once a week to like go over these questions and Kind of, I don't know, strengthen your testimony or whatever. And testimony <laughs> is, um, a testimony is kind of just a.
1: It's kind of just the word for what you believe. Yeah.
0: yeah. Or it's technically supposed to be what you know. Yeah. But <laughs> it's religion. So <laughs> you don't know anything. Yeah. So to strengthen like our testimony. So basically to strengthen our beliefs in the church. So we start meeting with him like every Tuesday or something. And he would, we would kind of express like what we're going through or doubts that we have. And then he would give us weekly, um, like tasks or things to do throughout the week. And so the one that I do remember is he wanted us to find, Ways that Christ shows his love for us in basically just like everyday things throughout the week. And I remember that week being like so awful and I could only focus on the opposite, which is basically, it sounds stupid when I say it, but basically just how Christ doesn't love me. And like, so it would just be little things like, I don't know, I don't know what happened that week specifically, but I guess an example would be like, if I didn't get a job I wanted or something, then I would be like, God hates me kind of thing and that's all that I was feeling that whole week and so we go back the next week And my friend courtney was like this was such an amazing week I felt so like uplifted and spiritual and I was like, are you kidding me? like (laughs) I felt horrible and I remember that specific meeting. I was like holding back tears and like I don't know where it was coming from But I think it was just everything was like boiling up and I was just like really frustrated and just like wanted immediate answers and then i started doubting everything like if god exists and if all this stuff is even real so then president rao told me that i should start meeting with my bishop and a bishop is the head of a ward, and award mm-hmm. is like your specific congregation to like an area that you live in so there's a ward and you go to that specific ward for church and over the ward is a Bishop brick, which is made up of three men, two counselors and a Bishop. But the Bishop is like the head honcho, basically like, um, a priest kind of.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if we need to say like in the LDS church, you don't get to choose your ward. It's just based on where you live. Um, I don't know if that's important or not.
0: Yeah. So, um, I had been going to this specific ward for like, three years almost maybe two years so I knew my bishop already and he actually was like the best bishop I've ever had and he was like a father figure to me kind of and I could tell him anything but I just felt like really close to him and I wasn't uncomfortable or anything talking to him so I stopped meeting with President Rao and started meeting with my bishop and it was it was just the same type of meetings but it was a lot more in depth where because I could open up to him a lot more and was just telling him that I was doubting like the existence of God. And I just really wanted to know for a fact and have this like huge prompt, I guess, revelation that the church was true because growing up in the church, you, you always hear people go and bear their testimony, which it's so much (laughs) to explain everything. So, um, once a month in church, we have what's called testimony meetings where in the sacrament meeting, which is the one meeting that you take sacrament. And then you have usually like speakers. Um, it's like the most important meeting of church.
1: It's like the meeting where everyone is there.
0: Yeah. And so once a month you have a testimony meeting where people just go up to the stand and basically just say what they believe and what they know is true. So it kind of is like a canned testimony would be like, I know the church is true. I know that, like Joseph
1: Smith is a true prophet. I don't know what else he's saying. I can't tell um, I know God loves me. I know Jesus died for us, and what you know, yeah, basically just stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So usually in
0: those, sometimes they get like real, and they're like, actually, I don't know any. Like, I don't know what's true, and people go up and say that. But most of the time, they're yeah. they're like, I know without a doubt that this church is the true church.
1: Yeah, I would say it's pretty rare for people to express doubts. And normally if they have doubts, they'll just say, I believe instead of I know. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't really give you a true picture, I guess, of what people are actually feeling. And then usually they're accompanied by like stories that affirm those beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of makes you feel like, oh, everyone's having these like experiences that are showing them that this is real, I guess yeah and so that's where like that was always in the back
0: of my mind of all these people that like absolutely knew and like said that they knew that the church was true and I wanted that and they would like tell those stories of like the moment that they had this huge like revelation that the church was true and I just like never had that and so I was telling my bishop all this stuff and then he suggested to start meeting with the missionaries and like taking the missionary lessons which is pretty uncommon for members to do that because we are we were raised in the church so we already know and we're already members um so this was just for me to kind of like start from square one and see if I pretty much got that feeling
1: that converts usually get and so did you want to do that like you were like yeah that sounds great yeah I like about it yeah at this
0: point I was like very into like doing anything that it took to get an answer and like I was putting in an insane amount of work for this so I yeah I was like sure like I'll try anything kind of thing so we started meeting with them and Mark my friend Mark that I'd been friends with since freshman year he I talked to him a lot about it because he had just come back from a mission and so he was like I don't know freshly very spiritual (laughs) I guess you could say so he would like come with me to the when the missionaries would come over to my house he would be there and like there were some cool things that happened where the missionaries would um, bring up something that they read or something that they were reading in their little handbook thing and then I remember one day Mark was like That's so weird because I read the same exact scripture yesterday and thought of you. And, like, just, like, weird um, coincidences that would happen that would kind of make me be, like, oh, like, it's a good thing that I'm meeting with them and whatever. So they would give me things, to like, little homework things to do, too. Like, um, they gave me a mission... missionary handbook or whatever so I would like read through that and they would say read this part or read the scripture or watch this Mormon stories video um and just like give me little things to do which I did all of it and then like they would come back and ask me you know like what I felt about it and I would just be like nothing like I like it was just me reading something and like it didn't spark anything and I even got like priesthood blessings (laughs) which um, so the men in the church hold the power of the priesthood if they're worthy, I guess. And I honestly don't know how to explain what it is. It's a freaking <laughs> I power. I don't know. What they, I don't know. Is just...
1: Should we look it up? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make it sound stupid. Yeah. it's like, that's kind of offensive. Yeah.
0: And if you're not religious, yeah. everything sounds stupid, I'm sure. But... Yeah, that's true. At one point, the priesthood is, like, the only thing I ever I like, had a testimony of.
1: Okay, so this says, In the Latter-day Saint movement, priesthood is the power and authority of God given to a man, including the authority to perform ordinances and to act as a leader in the church. So, basically... It's basically like, yeah, the power of God. So if you hold the priesthood, you can give blessings. You can heal people through the power of God. You have to have the priesthood to be a leader in the church. Um, Yeah, there's like lots of different things you can do, but it's basically like that God is giving his power to men. So um,
0: I think since girls can't have the priesthood, I think we rely heavily on like priesthood blessings. And basically what that is, is they come over and they just, like, place their hands on your head.
1: And say a prayer. Yeah,
0: pretty much, like, a, a prayer that's, like, specific to you and, like, what you're going through.
1: It sounds so
0: <laughs> weird. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, I had some of those. Oh, yeah, and, like, a big thing that I remember is, like, I would literally be on my knees in my room bawling crying when I would say my prayers because I would want to know if the church was true like so badly and at that time it was seriously like I was just talking to like nothing and I was just like talking to myself like previously like when I would say a prayer it was like I was talking to God like because that's what a prayer is but this time was just like this isn't doing anything and I don't feel anything. I never feel the spirit anymore. And so that's kind of where, what like pushed all of the um, doubts and questions that I had. Um, I remember using this analogy with my bishop where like when you go fishing um, in the pond, you know that there's fish there and there's other people that are fishing and they're catching fish, but like maybe you're not so like you know you know it's there you know it's possible because other people have done it but you're not catching anything so it's like you reach a point where like it's getting dark it's getting late at night so do you sit there and wait until you catch a fish or like do you go home and like move on kind of thing. And that's where I was at because it had been, I don't know how long it had been at this point, but I was just like kind of exhausted. And I don't know why, but like when you invest so much into like church and like spiritual things, it like drains you, like you can feel it. And like, it really like takes a toll on you. You're just like doing so many things constantly. And I was like so tired and wasn't getting anything back from it. And so then I went to Africa for three okay, weeks. I do have a question. Yes.
1: Um, was, where was Courtney at this point? Like, was she still going oh. through this with you or anything? Or, like, what was your, like, did you have a support system right. or anything? Um, so
0: not really. Like, Courtney, I don't really remember if she kept meeting with President Rao or not. She was in my ward also, she was in my same ward. Um, I don't think she was going to church or if she did, like it was like me and her went together. So I did have Courtney that was, she was going through, like she had the same questions as me but I don't think that she um, was ready to like put in the effort that I was putting in at the time. And so she wasn't like, trying to find answers as much as I was and so like I I don't know I remember talking to her about a lot of it but it wasn't like helpful or not helpful because she was in the same boat as me so she was like yeah I agree kind of thing yeah
1: what about your family like did you ever talk to your mom about this or anyone
0: no not really yeah I'm trying to think if I ever talked to Jana about it but I don't think so. I think it was pretty much just, like, me doing it by myself because I think it would have been different if, like, my whole family was active, but... Yeah, it was or wasn't. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. like, one way or the other, but it's kind of just, like, a big mix. Like, my mom... I'm not going to speak for my mom, (laughs) but... (laughs) Um, she's just not like as spiritual as a lot of like Mormon moms are, and then my dad's not a member, and then my older sister stopped going to church when she was in school. She went to BYU, so like as soon as she graduated, she pretty much stopped going to church. And so my younger sister's the only one that's like very very active. So yeah, I really didn't have like any sort of support one way or the other,
1: besides just like the missionaries, uh, yeah, York, and, and your bishop, yeah,
0: and because like when you're in the church, you. You obviously do have that support from the church. So I went to Africa for three weeks. And when I came back, that whole support system was like gone because the missionaries got transferred. So I don't know how often it is, but missionaries get transferred to like a new location every once in a while. And then my bishop got released. So in singles wards, bishops can only be a bishop for three years and then they get released. And that was like really, really hard for me because he was like the one main like pillar of support for me. Yeah, so at that point, since everybody had kind of gone and disappeared, <laughs> pretty much, I, I took this time as like, I'm gonna take a break and see if there's a difference, like a comparison almost, from me trying so hard to find an answer to just me not really caring as much or like not trying as hard. Because I did get a new bishop, and he actually gave me a calling. A calling is just a role that you get put in within the church. So it could be a teacher. It could be um, like a leader, yeah, uh, some sort like of leadership.
1: groups in the church, um, like an activity planner.
0: Yeah, just kind of to keep the ward moving and like different leadership roles so the bishop doesn't do, have to do everything kind of. So, you get this calling and you get kind of like sworn in, like you, they give you like a blessing and to like make your calling official. So, I was the Relief Society teacher. Relief Society is, there's, so there's like three hours of church. The first hour is sacrament that we already talked about. Then the second hour, well, not in this order, this specific order. There's only two
1: hours now. Oh,
0: there's only two hours now. That's true. But before, back back in my day, <laughs> <laughs> um, the second hour was like Sunday school, so it's where you just like learn your basics about the gospel. Yeah,
1: and that's with men and like adult men and women. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, just men and women of different age groups.
0: Yeah, and then relief society, so there's relief society and priesthood. So this is the hour that the men and the women are separated into like their own classes. So the men go to priesthood and the women go to relief society. So I was a relief society teacher, so I taught probably like every 2 weeks or so. And because there's like multiple teachers and you just like rotate So I, at this point, I was only going to church for that hour to teach and only on days that I taught. So it was like very, like, I didn't want to do it, but I felt like obligated, like I had to because I had that calling. And so I felt like this sense of responsibility. And then, so now we're like in 2016 and I moved to a different part of Cedar and when you move, you move wards. And so I told my bishop, and so I like don't even think I ever got released, or I just like stopped going pretty much, and was like, oh, I'm not in that ward anymore. So I never went back to church when I moved. And I started dating Kyle at this time. No, I was dating Kyle before I moved, actually, when I was like teaching Relief Society. And Kyle had gone on a mission and when he got back from his mission he was having kind of all the same doubts that I was and he eventually decided to leave the church and he he like made it clear that he was never going back so um that was like a huge part of us dating was that I was still trying to find answers and he like knew for sure he was never going back to church and I would like discuss with him my doubts and stuff and he would like say his opinion, but it was very one-sided and like, I don't know. I never got a sense that he was like really had a huge grudge against the church, but it was definitely like, this is stupid and like, here's all the proof why kind of
1: person. And I think this, that's one of the hardest things about trying to make this decision is you want to talk to people who can relate to you, but you talk to people who are still very active in the church and all they'll say is, come back to church. The church is true. You talk to people who have left and they're like, it's not, you'll be happier outside of it. And then if you talk to someone who has never been a member, they're like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. So it's really hard to find like that like balance of... Like I just really want to talk to someone and have them like understand and give me real advice, but it's so hard to find that. I think that's one of like the hardest things for me. Yeah. I
0: think that is, that is the hardest part. One of the hardest parts. Um, just because like, and
1: then like people who are in the church are like, well, have you been talking to people like who has been telling you these things? I'm sure you're going to talk about that. Yeah. I wrote that
0: (laughs) down. I literally (laughs) said like, When I would talk to people in the church, I would be like, oh, well, I don't know, like, Kyle, this guy that I'm dating, like, has said some stuff. And then people will, like, immediately jump on you and be like, oh, well, is he showing you anti-Mormon stuff? Like, you shouldn't read that stuff. And, like, then it kind of made me, like, it doesn't help when people say that to you because then it makes me think, like, why not? Mm -hmm. Like, maybe I should read it. Like, if you're so defensive about it, you don't, like, I don't know. and so yeah it was like it was really hard because i had like kyle who was telling me stuff who like i really respected like i mean i was dating him and so there was like the factor that i liked him and like wanted to stay with him and stuff but on top of that he's he's very smart and like he's older than me so i pictured him as like more experienced and like just knows more than me and so i i took it with a grain of salt but he didn't like write it off and then on the other side like you said there's like i would tell my story everything that i've told you so far to other people and their responses would also make me mad like uh i don't know they would say like well are you going to like all hours of church and like are you shopping on sunday and like just little things like yeah, that like where it's like
1: basically like you're not trying hard enough yeah
0: and it's like those things are so well now and I did think this back then that those things are so irrelevant to me finding an answer because um the church teaches you that God wants all of his children members and that's like the whole purpose of missionaries is to convert everybody basically and if God want the like I had this thought so many times if God wanted me so badly in his church why wouldn't he give me an answer when I'm trying so hard and there's a specific scripture that says if you pray with true intent like you'll receive an answer and you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing and I was and I was like trying so hard and wasn't getting anything back so that turned into like this anger and bitterness towards God and not so much the church but just like God like I took it as like a personal attack kind of thing and I was like just so mad to the point where like, I didn't want to go to church. I didn't, I didn't want to do anything. And then then that's when I moved wards and just like stopped and um, was kind of just like fed up with not getting any answers. So then from like 2016 to last year, I was just like in this weird limbo of maybe I'll go back to church and try to find answers again or maybe I won't. And this this part is the was the hardest part for me just because you don't know like it's almost like a part of you wants to just leave the church and just be done with it, but you can't. Like it's it's all that you've ever known. So for 24 years going to church and living by these laws and commandments and rules that's like all i've ever done and letting go of that is extremely difficult especially when that's your whole friend group that's like when you're for me when i'm around family like my mom's side they're all members i have like huge pioneer blood in me (laughs) like it's is part of my family history it's part of It's just like a huge part of my life and it's just like very hard to decide to leave and I think that's like a huge misconception that members think is that it was such an easy decision to just totally Leave. like
1: you just got up one day and were like well I kind of want to smoke a cigarette or something yeah like, eh, this probably isn't for me yeah
0: which I think it is like that for some people maybe yeah but um, but I think that's like the extreme minority yeah and and even then I think it's a build up like mm-hmm. if someone's like that most likely they've had doubts for years before that but just haven't like confronted them or made a big deal about it and yeah, it's this took it took me two years after all of that trying and stuff to finally decide to leave. And the I remember like when I lived with you over the summer, that was like the middle of it, like the the heart of it, I guess. And I remember asking you and Sarah like multiple times what makes you stay in the church and like why yeah, how you know, like how you believe what you believe.
1: And I think that was kind of like the build up for me. Your too. intro was probably like you I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think you did like you and
0: nobody like really had an answer mm-hmm. whenever I asked them. Like even Sarah would say that it was Sarah's answer was the the temple blessings.
1: So the temple is a sacred place a a temple yeah it's like a normal temple temple yeah but for like the lds temples only certain people can go inside like you have to be you have to follow specific rules and then you have to um, go through a specific ceremony inside the temple and then after that you can continue to go back as long as you keep following those rules yeah and you have like annual interviews or something like that. I to think, yeah, it's like every two
0: years. Yeah, to keep like your recommend, your pass to get into the temple pretty much. So Sarah's answer was just always like the blessings that she got from the temple and like from those endowments. Which I'm not going to explain that. <laughs> Move on from that. <laughs> I don't think that's important. Yeah, it's not important. <laughs> yeah, and so I was just like, And, like, that, Sarah's answer would make me think, like, okay, like, am I missing out on, like, blessings, you know? And, like, good things that happened to me. And so it made me kind of analyze my life up to that point and then compare when I was active in the church and trying really hard and doing all this stuff to now when I was, like, not doing those things. And honestly, for me, I did not notice a difference at all. And I kind of realized, for me that blessings aren't whether you do like follow the commandments or not it's just like life and like just good things happen and bad things happen and it's not it's not correlated to your spirituality and then I just kind of it came down to like happiness for me and what I'm happy doing because I would think, okay, what if I start going back to church right now? And it, like, made me miserable to think about that and to think, like, going back to church for three hours of my Sunday and then on top of that, going to activities throughout the week or having a calling, having to prepare for lessons. Like, it takes up a good chunk of your life. And I was just, like, not, not into it. Like, I just didn't... There's so many other things that I wanted to be spending my time on. And for me, I didn't understand the point of going to church when, like, for what? Like, I needed a reason for it. And if I didn't believe in it, then why am I doing it? And it's on that whole basis of faith, which is, like, what members at this point in the story would tell me, you know. Like, you just have to have faith and keep enduring and, like, keep going until you find a find. I don't know until you have faith pretty much and I just wasn't into it and I was just like way happier not going to church and like that was my happiness for me and I've talked to my sister about it and like she is happy when she goes to church and so like everybody's different I'm not saying people who are members of the church are not happy I just think you need to find what's right for you and I don't know If it makes you happy going to church, go to church. If it makes you happy not going to church, then don't go to church. Um, I put down church was miserable for me, which is true. Then the constant feeling of guilt was like exhausting. And I don't know if you ever felt this or if other people felt this, but I felt almost like my entire existence in the church was just, I felt guilty for something. And like, obviously I don't know, I didn't, didn't notice it. And like, you don't, I don't know, but I just always felt like I was trying to
1: be someone you're not. Maybe.
0: Be, yeah. Like be someone I'm not live up to a standard that I can never get to. And it, like, I would always be thinking like, okay, well I can be doing all this stuff better because then the, person sitting next to me in church is doing all of these things and like just just a constant like comparison and that comparison led to like guilt for me where it's like I'm not as good as this person and I'm not you know like I don't make cookies for my neighbor like does that make me a bad person I don't know and so once I officially decided to not go back to church and be like I'm just like done with it I all of the guilt just, like, left, and it was, like, freeing, a freeing experience. Totally. And then another part of it was kind of, like, the FOMO of, miss, like, missing out on real life. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be, like, disrespectful, <laughs> but just missing out on, I mean, I'll admit it, it's, like, material things, you know, like, a tattoo or drinking or um, wearing certain clothes. Like, they're all materialistic, but... I still felt like it was things I was missing out on and like wanted to experience. And so that was like another pull for me, but that's like pretty much my story. So it was sometime last year that I kind of like made the huge decision that I was like done with it. And for me, like I haven't removed my name from the church or anything because I don't know what will happen. Like maybe I will go back to church someday and
1: decide that I want, religion in my life. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That's the question I get a lot is like, did you remove your names? Like everyone always asks that. And I'm like, no, like there's no point. point. It just seems like a lot of work. Yeah. And then like, (laughs) then what happens if you decide to go back?
0: Do you have to get (laughs) re-baptized? Like, I don't know. It's just like a lot for
1: nothing where it's not important. (laughs) I mean, if I think, like, I just kind of feel like if you, I don't know if we want. <laughs> if I want to say this, but like, if you don't believe in it, then it's meaningless that your name is there. No, yeah, you know hundred percent. I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's like uh, my friend got married in the temple, and then she got divorced. And people ask her all the time, like, if she's going to get a temple divorce, and she's like, "Why? Like, I'm not yeah, getting I married in the temple in temp- again." Yeah. <laughs> and like, that means nothing to me because I don't believe it anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like not important. But yeah, anyway. Hi guys this is editing melissa coming in just to let you know that this is the end of the leaving the church part one episode i have also released the part two today so go ahead and listen to part two to hear shannon's story about leaving the church in the rest of this episode hope you guys enjoyed this episode of sometimes in shambles the intro music was done by my friend lucas kathy and the artwork was done by me myself melissa if you liked this episode please rate review and subscribe and we'll see you next time